For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile. And the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time. There's Granger, Offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus, you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger, For the ones who get it done. Recorded live. This is Daryl Wallstrom uh, coaching Kevin Munson on September 12th, 2017 uh, for Anthony Robbins Company's coaching program. Good afternoon, Kevin. Good afternoon, Daryl. Uh, and can I get your permission to record this call? Absolutely. Okay, great. Yes. Thank you. Thank you. Or affirmative <laughs> as it should be, right? <laughs> yeah. So how are things going with you today? Uh, today was a good day. Uh, got a few things done. Work, working on the, the job search. Yep. And how's that going so far today? Well, I'm, I'm going through the process of um, coming up with a personal branding statement. And, uh, you know, there's a, a methodology that I'm following uh, so that's kind of what I was hoping to get help with a little bit. Mm-hmm. And when you say personal branding statement, what, uh, help me understand what you mean by that. Well, I think the idea is you want to come up with a, a statement that um, articulates the value that you can provide to others and organizations uh, that's a point of differentiation that is a compelling, um, sticky, uh, you know, something that people memorable uh, statement mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. you could use in multiple places, either through networking or through uh, your resume, your LinkedIn profile, various different ways of uh, connecting to people. Sure. Oh, it sounds like it cuts across many different uh, platforms that you plan to use for your job search. That's the idea. I think um, you know that I know that in a lot of applicant tracking systems, they have keywords searches that kind of help discover different people. But once somebody actually opens your resume. It's not just what uh, I think. Not just what keyword optimization did they use to find you in the first place, but sort of how do you articulate what your unique value proposition or your brand might be uh, given that? Okay. So the main focus is really to get this personal branding statement written, and it sounds like also that you're trying to uh, get a little contemporary with how the, the job application systems work these days well it's and that's just a side benefit I, like i said i think the 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 idea is for me anyway i think is you can make your resume findable by this applicant tracking systems using keywords but really that's the the computer you know you're, you're writing it for the benefit of the computer but then once a, a person a human being opens it 
you know, how, what's the, the first thing that they see uh, about you that uh, really st- jumps off the page and makes you memorable, makes them want to, to read more, you know, makes them want to potentially reach out and connect with you to sort of to, to talk to them. Okay. Yeah, I think I understand that. So for, first gate is to get through the, the applicant tracking system, and then the second gate is to catch the eye of the recruiter or the hiring manager to, to pursue interest in you further then. Right, and I don't think I'm worried as much about the hiring man or the uh, applicant tracking system piece, but I think I can figure that out, and it, and it generally happens pretty well. I think the idea is what how I need to be the, the deliverable, the outcome that I'm looking for is a short, simple, easily understood, clear expression of who I am, that's recognizable, repeatable, unique, and uh, compelling enough to be memorable from for others okay so aside from the, the obvious fact that you're doing a job search at this point what else makes this important for you right now um it's the and in a kind of a brand is a for me a personal brand is i thought the idea of it is what experiences do you provide for others that that are on brand or you know that match the, the stated or implied value propositions of that brand. So once you've articulated what it is and have a, you know, something that is pretty memorable, then that really can become something that you deliver and deploy. And that's re- the reason why I think brands are so consistent in the marketplace, just like consumer brands, because mm-hmm. that, you know every time you experience it, it looks the same. Um, you know, you have the same implied value proposition of using that product or service and then the once you have that then just delivering against that um, value proposition i think is kind of the long the long-term benefit of having one is not just to help people remember who you are and want to learn more um but it can also in the context of like a resume if you're implying that you can do a particular thing one of the things that you need to be able to do in the resume then is to give examples of accomplishments that align to what that particular value proposition might be. Mm-hmm. Yep, make, makes sense. Yeah. And so it sounds like you've given this a lot of thought, and uh, at the same time, is this a, would you call this a revamped effort, or is this sort of a new effort for you? Is this it's, new. Mm-hmm. It's, it's new in a, in a sense. Although I certainly understand the idea of developing it, but I think developing a brand statement that's usable in a resume is a different thing that I have not done at all. And it's you know the the personal I don't where I'm struggling with is I have a a rough methodology with a few examples. So the mm-hmm. idea is you start out by asking a few questions about yourself that you answer and that others answer as well, then you consider what the marketplace needs. You match the answers to those questions to what the marketplace needs are, develop a compelling short story of accomplishments that align to demonstrating that you meet those marketplace needs, figure out a few catchy words or attributes that define what you do. And it's, you know, it's, it's not about the feature which is the you know what you're telling them, but it's more about the benefit. What's in it for them? It's it's the the 
the recipient of the information is not you. It's the it's you know how do you speak to the other individual mm-hmm. about about what you do? Sure. So you give it some thought. You've got a methodology in place. What what would be helpful for our time together today? Well, I, I think I'm stuck at, um, getting started. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And and I think it's you know reflecting on. So what is what value do I create for other people? Uh, why is that important? What why is that particular value important to them? What do people think that I do best? Uh, you know, how would people describe me using a, just a few words and sort of what are my distinct strengths and specialties and those kind of things that are compelling enough that are memorable and 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 sort of the brand experience that people have with you is is certainly um, it's 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 the outcomes I guess of the relationships that you do have, but I don't I don't know how to gauge. So I have my own ideas of what mm-hmm. I think some of those things are, um, but I don't really have a a good. A, um, way of thinking about and and approach for um, answering some of those basic questions about me that can help me develop that personal brand. Okay. So uh, if I'm hearing you correctly, then being stuck right now is even though you have the questions, it's it's how do you begin the process by starting to answer those questions for yourself? That that seems to be the the stuck point or your launch launch point then. Well, and, and I, I do feel like there's so many elements that feed into this. You know, what are your core competencies? Uh, what are some of the helpful skills that you have? What are the things that you value? Um, you know, what have you produced in the in the past in different roles? And what have people, what kind of feedback have people given you and told you about you? And it's just a lot of information floating around. And I, I it's, it eventually needs to land in a place where it looks very different than how it feels in my head right now. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. You know, it's, it needs to be short, simple, easily understood by others, and a clear expression of who I am, and easily memorized, repeated, and you know, in my voice, and all those kind of things. Yeah. Yep. So, what have what have you tried so far? What, well, I I did I went through a few um instruments to gauge um for example I did the Berkman first look mm-hmm. which is um it's a called the Berkman it's based on the Berkman method which is a um an occupational assessment that really helps you understand you know what what kind of work environments would be a good fit for you those kind of things so I so I, I did that I went through and figured out sort of what are the things that I value the most in the workplace, what are some of the essential things, what's important, what are the nice-to-haves, what's not important, what things do I avoid. I've looked at defining the, my areas of interest, um, the, the skills that I have, and there's just there's way too much information floating around in my head. And I started sort of capturing, if somebody asked me about what my brand is, what would I say to them? Mm-hmm. I started capturing some of those things on paper. Um, and none of them 
meet the criteria of short, simple, easily understood, clear expression of who I am, recognizable, repeatable, unique. They're all very, uh, lots of words with lots of um, stuff that I'm not sure other people would know the words that I'm even using to describe the thing. Sure. Well, when I when I think of the word stuck, I, I think of someone at the at the beginning line not able to take step one. I hope you recognize that you've been able to take some some significant steps already. Yeah, I I just think I'd like to be a lot further along and feeling like I've taken all the information and work that I've done so far and try and synthesize it down. So I think in a, it, I'm not 100% stuck, but I can't get past the idea of being in analysis paralysis because I've gathered a lot of data and information and it, none of it feels like it's helping me. Mm-hmm. What, what sense do you have that seems to be the missing piece, these words on paper compared to what, you know, your mind and heart are telling you, what, what seems to be missing? Well, it's, again, I, I look at the things that I've written down and then I, and I judge it against the criteria that I have for creating a brand statement and they don't match. Mm-hmm. So I've tried to even just take a few of the things that I wrote down and simplify them, make them easier to understand, uh, make them recognizable and make it unique and, and sort of pithy. And it just, it all feels like either HR speak or technical language or not something that, you know, I just feel like people's eyes would glaze over. Sure. There's 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 a few things that do stick out as being, you know, recognizable and and short, easy to understand, but they're also not as compelling. It's more compelling when I have more technical language in there, mm-hmm. <laughs> but, mm-hmm. um, but, but not easily understood or. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think uh, thank thank you for bringing me up to speed on your process and where you feel that you're you're stuck. What at this point, what would be helpful then, Kevin, for our, for our time together right now? Well, I think just even um, figuring out how do I get – so I, this is all my own thinking, and it's all my own perspective. Mm-hmm. And, I, you know, and I do feel like intention versus impact might be a problem with me right now. My I, I may intend to do certain things, and then I've articulated what I think those th- intentions are, but the actual impact might look different or, or feel different from the vantage point of the person receiving the service or, or the, you know, experience that they have with me. Okay. And so, so I think that fu- to be helpful, uh-huh. is what 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 approach should I be taking? I think trying to figure out what approach to take to actually get others. First of all, figure out who are the others who I want to get their vantage point, and 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 you know I trust what they have to say, and they they can be honest with me, and all those kind of things. Mm-hmm. And mm-hmm. then once I figured out who those people are, how do I engage them in sort of answering some of the basic questions? And the basic questions are pretty straightforward. You know, what value do I create? Why is that important to you? What do I do best? How would you describe me to somebody else? What are my mm-hmm. distinct, distinct strengths and interests? What's my specialty? That kind of thing. Sure. I can certainly ask that question of lots of different people, those questions, but I'm not sure those are even the right questions. They're just something that others have suggested, a, a way of gathering the data. 
Okay. So if we were to spend some time uh, coming up with a list of, of, of people and rethinking what these questions are, w would that get you off on the right the right start? I think so. I think the the people, the who, the questions I ask, and then how do I even approach reaching out to those people to ask the questions, those three things mm -hmm. would probably be most helpful. Yeah. And um, the, the, the the who and the what and the how, uh, what, what is about the how that is of interest right now? Like how, how would you reach out to those people? What, what What's of interest to you with that? Well, I mean, there's many ways I could reach out, but I, I also want to go – I want to go for a combination of being efficient and effective, uh, but mm -hmm. also not – you know, you know, these are people that matter to me, and then I want to value and respect their time. Mm -hmm. So I don't want to just blast out an email and say, hey, I'm looking for a job, so you know what I mean? Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Okay. So working on those three questions, the who, the how, the, the what, would give you a sense of being not, not stuck where you're at right now then? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. And what, what has the, the methodology that you're following, what, what have you learned from that that would help inform the who, the how, the what, of what you're trying to do here? Well, the, the how, the what, uh, the questions to ask, of course, there's a starting point for that. Um, but that's about all that I've got from, you know, the suggested approach. Okay. All right. Um, so what do you want to start with? Who, what, or how? I think probably the who. Mm-hmm. Would be a good start. Okay. And uh, do you have any sense of what this list is going to start to look like as you write these names down? Who would be on the list? I haven't really thought much about it yet. <laughs> okay. What are your initial thoughts? Well, in terms of categories, it's certainly people that I've worked with directly who have experienced the working with part. Okay. As team members or direct reports or collaborators or business partners or whatever. Then the who do I work for, the sort of the clients or customers um, that I've worked with in the past. Mm -hmm. And and that's the one that I think I'm more, um, I want to be sensitive to asking too much from those folks. Mm -hmm. So yeah. that that you know that the what may look different depending on who I'm asking. Um, and then I think those those are the two broad categories: people you work with, or then clients and customers, and then you know I guess just general friends who are in the same profession or close to the same profession that you are. Mm-hmm. So those those are the three categories. Okay. Do you think through those three, is there any other group or type of individual that you'd like to reach out to? No, I think that's that's. I mean, I I can't imagine any other category that would be, you know, it's the eighty for the twenty. Yeah, yeah. I would get a majority of input from from those groups. Mm-hmm. 
Oh, but also, again, maybe their criteria within within each one of those categories. Of course, how long it's been since they've worked with you is one. Okay. Um, you know, did they have enough experience with you um, to to be able to answer those questions? Because uh, you know, mm-hmm. there's a lot of people that I've had you know small experiences with. I'm curious, I'm sorry, what, I'm what re- part? Oh yeah, you're I'm just writing, writing some stuff down. Yeah. So yeah. did it, so did they have enough experience with me? How long ago was it? Um, you know, um, sort of how candid will they be? <laughs> mm-hmm. The good, the bad, and the ugly, right? Yeah, I was curious um, what what aspect of this exercise that you're, you're doing right now. Uh, is is true to your brand as you see it? Um, well, I think I don't know if it's a brand thing or just a way of being or way of doing, but it's respecting people's time and and honoring that they if they're going to give me a, some of their time that I I should not only be grateful for it but <laughs> do it in such a way that it, it makes sense to both them and I. Mhm. And I'm not trying to be exclusionary in any sort of way. I just don't I don't want to get data or input from people who really wouldn't be able to give a lot of great insight or input. Yeah. You want you want to reach out to people who can provide the input and and in doing so you would be respectful of their time as a result of that. Mhm. Yeah. Okay. So it sounds like you're taking some notes here in terms of these categories and, and some of the different right. criteria that are involved. Okay. Well, right. Let me know when you're caught, caught up on that. Well, I, I've taken the notes. I'm just, I'm now beginning to think through, you know, should I, is it enough to do two or three people in each of those uh, groups or to do an exhaustive list and then to see whoever is willing to respond? You know, I'm, mm-hmm. I'm not really sure. Well, what, approach I want to take. Mm-hmm. Any, any initial thoughts beyond that question? Um, about uh, Thoughts about what? Uh, any initial thoughts about what, what approach would be better, uh, you know, beyond that question itself, any initial thoughts that you have? As far as picking who the people would be? Yeah, the scope, the breadth, and depth of number of people. What what seems what seems right from from your perspective? It's hard to know. Yeah. My gut tells me, you know, between three and five people per group. So if it, you know, between nine and fifteen total. Mhm. Mhm. And making a short list and sort of rating each of those individuals against those criteria and, and allowing the list to sort of bubble up to the top, the people who do meet the most criteria. But I also, you know, I, I know that there's a buy, I, I would have a bias towards picking people who are going to say good things, which is okay. fine. I'm not, this is not a 360 exercise, you know, right. This is not to find out what, where I have a room for improvement. It's more to find out what do I do well from their vantage point, what, what's unique about me. Yep, and you have a sense of who, who could give you that kind of feedback then. 
Sure do. Yeah. I mean, I, I, there certainly are faces floating up in, <laughs> in the list. Okay. Uh, at, at this point, would it be helpful to, to jot down some names, or do you want to move on to well, I think, another question? No, I, think, I think that's enough. I mean, I, it gives me the criteria, and I can go through that exercise offline. Okay. So that kind of answers the, the, the who aspect of things. Yeah. Yep. And now we got to get okay. the what and the how. The what and the how. So I guess the what is kind of what are the the critical few questions that I can ask to draw out insights that will help me build the brand. Mm-hmm. You started a few months ago that you you had some questions in mind. You, uh, uh, it sounded like though that you weren't sure if those were the right questions to be asking. Um. I mean, there must be a reason why they suggested these questions, but they don't feel the questions themselves don't feel like things I would normally ask somebody. Mm-hmm. And it may that may be more about the how than it is anything else. So, you know, there's a little bit of overlap there, I guess. Yeah. Can you can you think of an example off the top of your head there from from the list of questions? So, you know, what value do I create for you? It doesn't sound like a natural question that you would ask. But, you know, how would I normally say that to somebody or get to get that? Um, and it, and that, that particular question would most likely be asked of customers or clients, mm-hmm. not of partners. Although certainly um, anybody who was a, a direct report. I guess that's another category for who. Just because I've worked with them doesn't mean they reported to me. Okay. You know, and so the question is, do you, and I don't think I want to build a brand necessarily for my leadership style or, or sort of how would I manage a team, even though that may be valuable, it's not what companies pay you to do. It's not the only thing they pay you to do. And it's not going to differentiate you in the marketplace because everybody manages, everybody who's in a a leadership level manages people. Right. So in coming up with these questions uh, of, uh, you know, what what you want to ask, it sounds like it's starting to stimulate aspects of what you want your brand to be made up of, you know, the components of your brand. Yeah, and it's, again, it's the, what are the critical few questions that would draw out the, the relevant insights that would help build that brand? Mm-hmm. Okay. So you shared one question that seems a little uh, uh, misaligned with how you would ask the question. Of, of the questions that are there, can you pick one that is most closely aligned with how you would normally ask a question of, of that uh, particular topic? Well, it's even though it's a broad question, what would be most like what I would ask would be the question of what do I do best? Okay. It's, you know, I, I don't think I'd ask it that way. I might say something like, um, of all the things you've seen me do in an organization, what are some of the things that you think that I do best? So it's a little bit, it's not, the what I do best question is very, it's, it's broad and not pinpointed or specific enough. Mhm. Mhm. Because if I ask what do you what do I do best, somebody might come back and say, "Well, you, you know, you um, 
you hike the mountains great you know you're able to figure out how to get up a mountain so but so what that's not in the context of you know creating my brand it wouldn't be helpful so i think providing a little bit of flavor color commentary or flavor before you ask the question may be useful so right. I mean, we're getting into the how a little bit here but you know you know i think that that framing each of the questions with that would help direct towards the relevant insights would be mm-hmm. the thing I need to mm-hmm. do. And there's things like, so, you know, if that's on one end of the spectrum of that, that question is most closely aligned to what I might ask. There's some that are, are definitely not. So how would you describe me to somebody using four words is one of the questions that they, they put, put in there and I don't want to devalue the question because I don't like it because maybe you might get some excellent insights into that. And are you asking what, what kind of, you know, are, what kind of words are you asking for? Are you asking for words about your attributes, about your accomplishments, mm-hmm. approach, method? What would, you know, what are you asking about? Yeah. I'm kind of, kind of struck kind of by, the fact that, you, you know, you have a methodology that's kind of in front of you from, you know, I'm assuming it's from rate management, uh, the resources you have there. And and at the same time, I'm just kind of marveling at, at how you're able to kind of redefine the method or nuance the method, come up with different ways of stretching the the, the method. And it almost has this feeling like um, you know what you want to do, but you're not sure uh, necessarily that, you know, that you can move forward with your own method versus the method that's been given to you. It's sort of like this tension between the two. A little bit. And I think I can get mm-hmm. past that. Um, but uh, it just the, the discussion of it alone um, has helped kind of frame up what the activity is that I need to do. So the in terms of the what, I know that the outcome that I want is what are the few, critical few questions that would draw out the relevant insights that would help build a brand. I also know I need to position each question and mm-hmm. maybe even target the questions towards the different who's that I'm asking. Mm-hmm. Um, but I, And that I also need to decide. I mean, these are just the list of questions that they provided, right? So what am I, what am I potentially missing that could be additional things that I'm not, they don't suggest asking, but because of, the insights that might be generated from the question, what else could I be asking? Yeah. So if you could just kind of, you know, do the proverbial wave the magic wand and come up with a question that you really want to ask folks, recognizing it might be tailored differently to different people, what what would that question be? Um, well, if the outcome, again, is to draw out the relevant insight with help build a brand, I would want to probably... So, for example, one of the, the five questions that they gave is, what are my distinct interests and strengths, and what's or, or what's my specialty is the kind of the parenthetical uh, statement in there. Um, and then they have the what do I do best question, which almost seems like an overlap. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, you know, I, I maybe it, the question itself needs to be as open-ended as possible to generate as much potential data to, to select from mm-hmm. because, you know, by asking an open question, there might, it might generate additional insights that I wouldn't 
that would I, I would filter out if I were to wordsmith the question so much so that I'm only getting exactly what I want. <laughs> right. Yeah. So a question that would invite more, uh, not necessarily broad responses, but um, responses that have Targeted. some depth. Yeah, breadth and depth to them as well. Okay. Yeah, keep keep going back to that uh, you know statement about being stuck versus how well thought through that you have this process already. Uh, I, I'm curious if you if you see how thought through you do have this process. Well, and just being um, re- being required to describe the process to somebody else forces you to articulate it in such a way that you come to that realization. Uh-huh. <laughs> that's what I suppose that's what good coaching does, right? Yeah, the realization uh, of that, that that you already had, you know, a general approach, and that you're you're further along than you. And it's again, it's not. I'm not as stuck as I think I am. Mhm. Mhm. Well, I can appreciate too that you know the nature of this exercise, given. You know the context in which you have to do this exercise is is uh, you know something new for you right now as well. So I can appreciate that. Right. So you've got the you've got the who uh, almost down to to names. Uh, as far as the the what goes, um, as far as these questions go, you've got a general sense of how you'd like to refine some of these some of these questions uh, from the ones that you were given on the on the list. To make them, you know, either more authentic or more acceptable, or uh, to give you the output that you want. W- what else about the questions or the, the what aspects uh, are important to you right now? Well, as you were talking, uh, one one word that just flashed in my mind was the word appreciative inquiry, or mm-hmm. the phrase, mm-hmm. and the idea of trying. I mean, that's what appreciative inquiry, I guess, really is: is to you know value ask questions that value and appreciate the the best in in people in their their you know their contributions so i think as long as i feel like the questions uh that i'm asking do that and are geared towards helping other people kind of reflect and see what they appreciate and that's really the first two questions are are kind of that way anyway so one is what value do i create for you the second one is why is that so important to you Mm -hmm. because it really does um kind of bring out things that could be both the feature and the benefit or the what is it that i do and what what benefit does it provide because i think that's what the idea is for the reflection piece is after you've gathered all this information, then you got to consider, you know, who's who's your market, who are the deciding the people deciding about your brand, and what does the market want? Who do those who are those people? What do they want? And mm-hmm. does that align align with um, sort of how do you how do you say those things because the 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 audience is not you. In the first case, the audience of you know asking these questions, these targeted questions, is to understand more about you, but then 
by matching that with the marketplace needs, it's matching what they need with what I have to offer and, and, and being able to then come up with a compelling short story or two, some catchy words and key attributes that define you, mm-hmm. the features and benefits, the so what, how is that a value, all that kind of thing. And then the wordsmithing comes later. What's the value you provide to others or your point of differentiation? Okay. So as you as you build out the the what aspect these these questions, uh, yep. What what sense do you have of what the marketplace needs? So it's sort of the the other end of the stick uh, to your questions is what 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 is it the marketplace values? How how are you doing with that? Well, uh, um, a couple different audiences for that one, and I'm not we're not to the how piece yet of how am I going to reach out to these people and and ask these questions, but. Um, that's uh, as a second phase or whatever to this ac- activity, a couple different things. One is what do recruiters want to see? And so I I bought a, a book called Who, which is a kind of guidebook for executive recruiters that helps them, you know, what are what are what are the things that they're evaluating, what questions do they ask, why, all that kind of thing. So I understand I want to understand what they learn in terms of how do I how do I do? How do they do this activity? You know, finding somebody, but then also in general for the positions that I'm going after, you know, what is the work? How is it phrased? How is it prioritized? What terminology is used? I, so I, you know, have an approach to both of those two audiences. I think. Mm-hmm. And, and knowing that information, um, I know we're using what, how, and who here quite a bit. Uh, so knowing that information. What would that do to the to the questions that you're coming up with right now, as far as your process goes? Well, I don't. Um, <laughs> I'm guessing the idea is you're the first part of the process is figuring out from other people's vantage points who are you and what do you do, what value is it, and the second thing is what are what are the general things that people look for with people like me that if I can match what I'm good at to what their need, needs are, then it, it becomes a little bit easier to uh, wordsmith in such a way that it makes it sound like the, the feature is the bene- has the benefit. Because, mm-hmm. you know, features and benefits is, is sales language, but that's essentially what you're doing with a brand is you're saying, here's the feature of me that you might be interested in, and here's the benefit to you. Okay. So it sounds like the the wordsmithing that you're going to do will will come a little bit after you get questions or answers to your to your questions, and you start to hold those answers up to what the marketplace is looking for. That you can start to see the connections and the the parallels and and you know, wordsmith from there. That's the hope. <laughs> yep. Yeah. Very good. Anything else with with the questions and the what at this point? How, how do you feel about um, where we are with that and your other component here, I, which is getting more towards the towards the how? Well, I, I think I feel confident about the after action or after discussion action steps that I have on the who and the what, and those once the, those activities are done, then the how can come to life. But I think. Figuring out the how is not something that um, there's a whole lot of direction from. It's just assumed that people 
have a good enough network that's willing to do this kind of thing for them that they don't have to worry about how they ask these questions. So I've had people ask these kinds of questions without a whole lot of context and that kind of thing in the past myself, uh, you know, mm-hmm. job seekers in particular. And, you know, although I'm definitely more than willing to provide that to folks, it, it's uh, it always kind of, from my vantage point, feels a little like they're asking a lot of you. So mm-hmm. that's the, the piece about the how that I want to make sure I get right is being respectful of people's time, making it easy for them to do it, making them feel like I'm going to use the information um, for a valued activity, that sort of thing. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So you have some initial thoughts about, about the how? Well, those are general thoughts. I need to get to pretty specifics. And I need to be very specific about how I want to do it because uh, I don't want to violate those criteria that I have, which, you know, being respectful of people's time, making them feel like I value their input, but I'm not just mm-hmm. asking for something that there's nothing in it for them. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Well, we, we do have some time left in our, in our session. Uh, would it be helpful to drill down a little bit more in terms of the how? Yeah, and I think um, to a certain extent, the who will dictate the how because it's very easy for me to reach out over the phone and call somebody that is somebody I work work with directly or a direct report that I know would be willing to do this or even friends. That's the clients or customers piece of it. I think that it's the, the how part of it is a little bit more touchy. Mm-hmm. And what, what makes it touchy? Well, I, mostly because I, um, I, I want to respect their time, and I don't want to damage the relationship, you know, by asking questions that don't, you know, wh- why is this guy asking me these questions? Why, why has he reached out? So I think part of the how, I think there's got to be at least a two-step process for the how. One is to ask for permission. The second is to go ahead and ask the questions. Mhm, mhm. Okay. Anything else? Asking for their permission to get the input. And how would and you plan to, to to do that, Kevin? Um, to, to get the permission. Yes. Yeah. Well, again, I think it's based on the individual. I could very easily just have a very quick exchange even via email or LinkedIn message or something, in the case of friends, even just a Facebook message. And the reality is a lot of the people who would be in the friends category would also be people that I worked with before. Right, right. And then so asking for permission to get the input step one, and then uh, quickly asking the questions in a way they can respond to it. Mm-hmm. You've got some options in terms of how you reach out to people, and it sounds like how you reach out to people depends on who you're reaching out to. But I would like to get a, especially for that one group that is a pretty generic, you know, a 
uh, standard message that I would ask the ask for permission step. And I want to do it in a, an authentic way, not a, I don't want it to sound like a spam. As I've been hearing you you're, um, engaging in our conversation, the, the word authentic is one that keeps coming up into my mind as well, just in terms of the authenticity of this process that you're undertaking. You know, your approach to it, very authentic approach. The relationships that you're building, very authentic relationships, the, the importance of preserving the relationships. Yeah, and part of me wonders whether that's being just too cautious. But it's all you know, it's only based on my own experience having gone through similar things where people are asking for input of this nature from you. Yeah. Say say more about the cautiousness piece. Well, I think it's um I'm just wondering whether I'm worried too much about how to ask. Mhm. Mhm. And I just need to just write a script. Say, hey, I'm in the process of trying to find my next opportunity, and I want to get some input from people that know me really well that can help me develop my own personal brand statement that I'll use to develop my personal brand statement. Would you be willing to answer a few quick questions for me at some point that might be able to provide some of that input? Yeah. Well, knowing knowing you, uh, as I know you, that, that sounds pretty authentic to me. Good. <laughs> it also sounds like there's a little reservation about this process. I'm kind of well, and I guess a, maybe an example would be helpful. So I'm thinking of somebody like Tony Mendez, you know, who is I would put squarely in the category of a client or a customer who could give me good input. But I go back to the criteria I had earlier. You know, have, do they have enough experience with me? I say, yeah. How long ago was it? Well, it was long ago enough where I've grown and developed as a in my capabilities since I worked with him. Uh huh. You know, and how candid will he be? Uh, he'll be very candid. <laughs> yeah. So in a sense, you know, he's a good he's a, a good one to draw on. But I I do feel like even in his mind, gosh, it's been almost ten years since we worked together. Mhm. Mhm. And I do have a few people. Uh, with my previous position that I know would be willing to do this, um, who I, I don't have as good a relationships with, but certainly do have enough of a relationship to to reach out and ask for input. Yeah. That's well, funny how you shared earlier that when someone reaches out to you with a similar exercise, even if it's not couched as being authentic, that you're you're very willing to help them. Um, what would lead you to believe that by you approaching people that you've worked for or worked with before and the it's the amount of authenticity that you're bringing to this, I mean, what would be the odds that they wouldn't want to help you? Probably pretty low. Mm-hmm. Well, it's not that they wouldn't be that? willing to engage at all. It's just, you know, right. in the process of engaging what I either damage the relationship or ask for too much or, you know, that that sort of thing. Yeah. So 
I'm not sure if you're seeing this little dynamic retention here, the, the concern about damaging, you know, damaging the relationship is sort of uh, creating this cautiousness about moving forward. Uh, and yet moving forward is built on the fact that you have really trusted, trusted relationships. Mm-hmm. So the kind of the concern about damaging relationship is impeding a little bit around how to move forward, how quickly to move forward, whether I should move forward, you know, those, those types of um, thoughts that, you, you, that you're sharing. Okay. And I guess what I'm trying to point out is that this whole conversation, you've been authentic and, and very articulate, well thought out in terms of how you want to do this, why you want to do this, um, and even sharing to the point that, you know, find it hard to believe that someone would want to want to help you. So I just want to kind of hold that up to you as a point out that uh, yeah, I, I, I can see that myself. And uh, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. Why does it make sense? Well, and I think that, like I said before, there's less anxiety or cautiousness around either people I work directly with, um, people who have worked for me as director boards or people who I'm friends with who used to work together at some point, I don't think there's any hesitation whatsoever in reaching out to those individuals. And and you can guess Mm -hmm. who I'm going to reach out to, Jeff, Keith, you know, those kind of folks, yourself. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, But it's more of the the Tony Mendez example. Yeah. And in in particular, um, more recent recent past Mm -hmm. uh, individuals. Mm Mm-hmm. I need to start writing some of these names down. <laughs> oh, good. Let me know when you got those captured. And I guess I am struggling a little bit with on the who side, clients and customers that I still have good contacts with. That I, you know, I, I've talked to them recently enough that may be willing to do this. Mm-hmm. Let me point out. There you go again, kind of using the construct of time to kind of worry about whether that relationship would be in, in, intact or not. I don't know if you noticed that or not. Yeah. Well, and still, I mean, I, I do feel like if I'm just thinking of a few customers and even a few people I work with who it's been a couple of years since I talked to them last. Uh-huh. Um. And even as I write, I'm writing down a few names from folks that I think have had enough experience with me who could give, you know, um, candid feedback. It's just been, it's not that it's how long ago did you work with them. It's more how long ago have you talked to them. Right. Because a lot of relationships are just, are LinkedIn relationships at this point. You know, you congratulate them when they move to a different role and that kind of thing. Mm Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. But they're mm-hmm. not people you reach out to on a regular basis for input on stuff. Yeah. But it sounds like you've nurtured the relationship, though, even in some way, shape, or form, whether it's congratulating them on a promotion or whatnot, that you've done the the professional uh, courteous thing of recognizing that the relationship is still intact. Right. And I just feel like one thing that might be beneficial for myself anyway is to look at my LinkedIn contact list, which is in the 1,400 people range at this point. (laughs) And just start scrolling through and seeing if a couple of people fly off the page of folks that I really should talk to. Yeah, I would, if I may, just uh, articulate really to encourage you. You know, moving forward, if there's some hesitation about whether the relationship would be damaged or not, in moving forward, is to not necessarily let that slow down your pace or your conviction and confidence in what you're, you're what you're doing. Uh, in moving forward, because all, all the things that you've talked about, all the signs you've talked about, the, the way in which you've talked about it, uh, what stands loud and clear is that your deep, deep respect for the relationship. Right. Okay. <laughs> So I, I, I was making a you, notes on. Yeah, yeah. So as you reflect on what I just said, though, Kevin, what what comes what comes to mind for you? As far as willingness to move forward. Well, to, um, the concern about damaging relationship and moving forward, and how that might be actually kind of slowing you down a little bit. Uh, I'm, I'm I'm just curious what your reaction is to that. Uh, I don't. I honestly don't think I'll be slowed down very much by it. Uh, okay. You know, because I I got to give myself credit for having just started this, right? Right. Like literally yeah. today is day one. Okay. <laughs> Good for so, you. I can't, I can't I can't give myself too hard of a time for it, but. No, no, not at all. Well, what what I admire most about what you're doing is again this this sincere respect that you have of your network. Um, right. Oh, we had three questions: the kind of the the who, the the what, and the and the how. And we're kind of wrapping up in terms of time here, uh, Kevin. What what are you going to be your next steps? So I've got the on the who side. Um, I'm going to go through the exercise of making a little spreadsheet and rating them against the different criteria that I came up with earlier. And, you know, making sure that they've had enough experience with me to give them good input. They're willing, they're likely to be candid and, and it was not so long ago that they don't remember who I am and use that to prioritize the list of the who. On the what side, um, make sure that I wordsmith the questions to make them more targeted, uh, so that they provide some depth, um, you know, just basically frame some of the questions and make them more appreciative. I don't really have a any criteria for <laughs> I would judge how appreciative they are. I just have I think it's a gut gut feel. Mm-hmm. And then on the how on the how side I think I will develop a script, you know, write it out for asking for 
permission to get the input in the first place. Okay. You got three three distinct actions then. Yep. Yeah, and when when could we follow up on those? Would, would next be would next week be too soon? Uh, no, I need to get this going. So it's you know, I'll, I'll, I'm gonna at least finalize the list of who and the what um, tomorrow, and then start with the get oh get the how, and then once I've got permission, then it's just a matter of doing it. So I think having the full input side of things on the you know, customer impressions uh, mm-hmm. side of things will be done. Then I'll have to turn it into marketplace needs. It will be the next step after that. Or, uh, you know, match that against the marketplace needs. So I can do, while I'm waiting for them to provide the input, I can also be doing the, the market needs assessment. Okay. So simultaneously do that then. Right. Okay. Yeah, so we'll we'll arrange a time for next week. Um, I'm going to be out Thursday, Friday, but we can arrange a time next week, early next week, and see where you're at with these uh, commitments. Yeah, that sounds like a plan. Yeah? Okay. Yeah, thank you for well, before, your coaching. I appreciate that. Yeah, well, you're very welcome. Before I uh, uh, unrecord this, uh, I just want to ask one other question. And just in terms of what we talked about today and, and how we talked about things, uh, it, what stood out for you as being most helpful? Well, I think the... The sounding board is always a, a useful thing to have because once you have to articulate all these things to somebody else, it, it comes to light a lot easier and it, it always surprised at just how much you already know about what you need to do. Mm-hmm. And sitting in your own head, it doesn't do you any good until you actually articulate it out, outwards, and that's definitely a part of how I roll. So that's been okay. really helpful. Okay, good. Anything else? or is that, is that, uh... I think that's, that's definitely worth the price of entry. Okay. All right. Well, I'm going to turn <laughs> off this record, recording here, Kevin. Just give me a second to uh, to do that. Okay. I just got to hit star two, star one. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details.